I was standing up on a scissor lift yesterday, preparing junction boxes and tearing out old wiring and things in a in a building yesterday. I was listening to a podcast while I was doing all this, and the podcast was from Gateway Church out of Dallas. And they were giving testimonies, uh, so to speak, about what has been going on in in their church, uh, even though they're not able to meet right now due to the the virus, the coronavirus. But they was giving testimonies of what has been going on in their church, how they've had to rethink, quote, unquote, church. And... It really, it really hit me that here, here they are talking about all the good that has been happening uh, due to uh, having to rethink church, how to do church. You know, we've there's there's I've preached it and and, and numerous others have as well about the fact that. It's not the building, it's the people, it's the church. But we've really allowed the building to become the church. And not, not, not necessarily not, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's a great place to come and meet together. But once we leave, the church is supposed to go through those doors as they're leaving to the parking lot and the church is supposed to go out into the world. We've gotten into a kind of a, a, a complacency maybe where we go to church instead of being the church. And what this whole COVID-19 thing has caused the church to do is to rethink how to do church and here's the thing that I, that I see that is so beautiful in all of this is that the church is reaching out in ways it never has before the church is using uh, technology uh, in ways that it never has before and maybe just maybe once once this season that we're in right now is 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 done and I do believe that this is just a season. But once this season is done, and we, it goes back to where we can meet together again, it's my prayer that none of this changes. See, there's a, there's a story in the book of Acts. Actually, it's the, first, it's the first eight chapters of the book of Acts. And... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna touch on a couple of things here. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I do want to read Acts chapter one, verses one through one through eight. And it says in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, 
appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, this is a a passage where Jesus was making a promise to them. He was telling them what was going to take place. He said, hey, I want you to wait. I want you to wait for this, this promise that I'm going to give you, the promise of the Holy Spirit. I want you to wait. And he says that when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive power to basically be able to do ministry. You're going to receive power to be able to go into all the earth and teach and preach and share the gospel. Well, we find in chapter 2 of Acts that the Holy Spirit comes upon them in power the day of Pentecost and Peter preaches a, a a message and thousands of people are saved now if we fast forward through the first eight chapters of, of Acts we see them doing work in Jerusalem which is the first part of what Jesus was calling them to do in Acts chapter 1. Once they receive power, they're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But here in Acts chapter 8, now we don't know how, how much time has, has passed from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 8, but in Acts chapter 8, we still see them hanging out in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 7, we see this, this event that takes place where Stephen is, is stoned. Where Stephen is preaching and he is stoned, and it talks about how they had laid their, their coats at the feet of, of a man named Saul who would later become Paul. But chapter 8 of Acts talks about how, how Saul was persecuting the church. It talks about how Saul had approved of Stephen's execution. And it says in verse, the last part of verse 1 of chapter 8 that there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. 
and it says, And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. See, the calling, the calling was for them to be, them to go. When Jesus, uh, right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said to them, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Acts chapter 1, we see them waiting for the promise. They needed to wait for the promise first because that was actually the power that would give the the, the power that God would give them to be able to do the ministry, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through them, allow the Holy Spirit to do signs and wonders through them. But here in chapter 8, we see that they're still hanging out in Jerusalem, and it says a great persecution came upon the church in Jerusalem, and they were scattered. They were scattered to these regions that they were supposed to go to. I always find this interesting. I always find it interesting to, to think about why did they have why, why did persecution have to come for them to scatter to these regions? Maybe it was necessary. That's, that's what happened. But I look at the, the church today. The church body. And I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about leadership alone. Church leadership. Let's be honest, there's only so much that the leaders in the church can do. We, as the church body, as the church body, as those that call themselves Christians, those that are believers, we all have a calling. And that calling is for us to go. That calling is for us to go and make disciples. But sometimes I find, and I'm guilty of this too, Sometimes I find that we get comfortable just going to church because it's easier to just go to church than for us to be the church. And that's something that I'm, I'm seeing with this outbreak of the COVID-19, that we're having to rethink church. I, I, I was on Facebook on Sunday. And I was, I was scrolling through my, my feed, and I noticed just post after post after post after post was churches doing church on Facebook, finding a way to still be able to bring the word, finding a way to still be able to preach the word. But here's... Here's the thing, is, is the church, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews says, do not forsake the fellowship as some, as some have begun to do. See, we, we, was, we was 
having the fellowship together on Sundays, but but let, let's just be honest. How many times do we attend church when it's convenient for us? How many times do we go and attend that fellowship when it's convenient for us? Right now, we can't attend the fellowship. And I'll be honest with you. It's been two weeks since the church that we attend has been able to meet. It's been two weeks, and I miss it. But I am thankful for what I'm seeing going on. That aside from the fact that it may be frustrating that we can't meet, the church is actually really having to be the church now. We're having to rethink how we share the gospel. We're having to rethink how we meet the needs of other people because many communities have a have a have a stay at home order. And now we now we're instead of using our technology to play games or to uh, scroll and look at what everybody else is doing. Now technology is being used to reach out to people to check on, to reach out to people and say, "Is there anything that I can get for you at the store? Is there anything that you need?" Now it makes me think of of. In, in the book of Acts where it talks about how everyone had everything in common the believers they had everything in common and they were they were bringing whatever they had and they were laying at the feet of the apostles saying here use this there's a passage in Acts chapter 3 where where Peter and John are going to the temple and they they come across a beggar. And I love what Peter and John say. This beggar is, is asking for help. He's asking for money. He's asking for whatever he he needs here. And Peter and John basically say, hey, look at us. And the man looks up, the beggar looks up, thinking that he's going to receive something from them, receive money, receive something that he needs He's, his expectations are I'm going to have my needs met and his needs were met that day because he was fully healed but I, I love what Peter and John said they said silver and gold we do not have but what we do have we are going to give to you and they said in the name of Jesus get up and walk and they reached out their, their hands It's the phrase, what I do have, I will give. And I believe what this, my, my prayer during this COVID-19 outbreak has been, God, teach us what you need to teach us. Through this whole thing, teach us whatever it is. felt 
And maybe what we've needed to learn is what it looks like to be a neighbor to each other. What it looks like to put other people's needs ahead of ours. I was listening to a, a, a message that uh, Life Church had put out, and, and Pastor Groeschel said in his message, he said, you know, people are talking about how I can't wait for it to get back to normal. And he said, he said in his message, and I'm going to have to kind of paraphrase because I don't remember exactly what he said, but he, he basically said, I really hope it doesn't get back to normal because we have become very self-centered, we have become very selfish. And he said, he said, I really hope it doesn't get back to normal. I hope that this is a new normal for us. You know, once this, once this, this season passes, I hope the things that we've learned of, I hope the things we've learned becomes a new normal. And that's, that's my prayer too, is that I hope that these things that we're learning, the things that we're learning about how to do church differently, about how to reach people in a way where we're, where we're, uh, putting our own desires aside and we're and we're, we're meeting needs of other people we're, we're really having to get out of our comfort zone and be the church I hope that these things are the new normal do I hope we can get back to where we're meeting weekly in church yes and I do believe we will I miss that but these things that we've learned about how to do ministry, how to reach out, these things that we're learning about how to put others ahead of us and, and not live a self-centered, selfish life, I hope that these become the new normal. I hope that these become the standards that we live our lives by after this thing is over. May God bless you today. Have a good day. And uh, just be Jesus' hands and feet.